Hello and welcome back to the Waffling with Will podcast. Today is something a bit different. We aren't interviewing someone in the footballing world. We are reviewing the Cobbler season. As you know, I'm a massive Cobblers fan. So we're looking back at the Cobbler season, the highs and the lows. And today I'm joined by three Cobblers fans, Charles, Kieran and Roger. So like I said, before we start, I want to thank everyone so much for the support so far on the podcast. It really has been overwhelming to see. Um, So like I said, we are joined by three Cobblers fans today, Charles, Kieran and Roger. So we're going to introduce them. Well, we're going to start off with Kieran. Kieran, how long have you been supporting the Cobblers? And one word, please, to sum up the season. Um, so I've been supporting the Cobblers since I was uh, four years old. I'm now 16, so about 12 years, 12 seasons. I think my first year was 2008 season. Uh, and one word to describe the season would just be, I'd say, unique. It's been a different sort of season for everyone. So that's that's my one word. Unique. I like the word, Kieran. Uh, we're also joined by Roger. How are we doing, Roger? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you. So same as Kieran, really, how long have you been supporting the Cobblers? And one word to sum up the season. Well, just a little bit longer. I'm on 59 years now. <laughs> um, um, he actually pinched my word. I was going to say different. Um, uh, of like I say, of 59 years, I've never been anything like this. Um, but a great ending, that's all. Great end, yeah, 59 years of sport in the college. It's a lot of um, ups and downs. <laughs> and uh, we're also joined by Charles. So how are we doing, Charles? Are we okay? Hi, Will. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. And same question as I asked Kieran and Roger. Uh, how long have you been supporting the Cobblers? And one word to sum up the season. So I'm basically in between the two of them. So I'm coming up to 30 years, roughly. Uh, of supporting them and um, roller coaster, I think I'll go with roller coaster. Well, there's three fantastic words there, and it's I probably would say interesting. My word would be for the season. Um, so let's kind of look back then at the season. We're not going to go through it all, otherwise, we'll be here for absolutely hours. We're going to look at the key points of the season. Let's roll back kind of to the start of the season where it wasn't the best of start for Cobblers, only a couple of wins under the belt under Keith Curl. Um, and a lot of fans wanting Keith Cull out. Uh, we'll start off with you, Roger. At the start of the season, wasn't when it wasn't doing so well and people wanting Keith Cull out, were you Keith Curl in or Keith Curl out? Um, it's a difficult one. I mean, um, you look at his record, he hadn't won promotion in 17 years, which was not particularly good. Um, we were so up and down, that's the problem. I think that's been the same all season. We're, we're, we're probably the best team I've seen in League Two, but we're also were getting on for the worst. I mean, some of the performances were very, very poor. But when we did play, we, we were terrific, as we proved in the last two games. Yeah, looking back at those last two games then, uh, Roger, as, as a fan, especially in that first leg when we lost 2-0, did you expect us to go and overturn it and win the League Two player final? Um, you always hope we can, but no, I didn't expect us to. We did have, you know, uh, Curl was right. We had the chances in the first half, but their keeper made some really good saves. But uh, as everyone said, the first goal in the second leg was vital and we got it and we just didn't look back. I mean, um, I, I just wonder, did he, did he say to the players, go out and play? You know, let's, let's give it a whirl and got nothing to lose. On to you then, Kieran. Like I said, the when we were looking back at the season, uh, there's a lot of fans wanting Keith Curl out right at the start of the season. Were you Keith Curl in or were you Keith Curl out? 
Um, I was Keith Curlin because I, I just think we needed some consistency for the last few years. Since Wilder left, we've had managers come in, managers go out. So I felt we needed someone to stay with us for a, for a while. And I thought maybe if Keith Curl has a season, this I thought this season, if he just sort of, sort of, uh, sort of get us mid-table, sort of push for the playoffs, then next season we might be able to push on. But it hasn't happened that way. And gladly we're... We're looking at League One next year instead of another year in League Two. The same question I asked Roger as well. Looking back at that playoffs then, we'll, of course we'll look a bit more into it later on, but when we lost that first game 2-0, you know, I know on a personal note you weren't very happy at that. And did you generally think we were going to overturn it? Uh, no, honestly, no. I, I didn't think we had a chance. I think um, I didn't think we played terribly, but I... After two 0 going away to best the second best defense in England, I, I was like, "We're out here. We're going Barrow next season." So, <laughs> uh, yeah, as well, and for then for Charles as well. Looking back, then right at the start of the season, like I've asked these two, were you Keith Curl in at the start of the season or Keith Curl out? Um, I have to be careful with what I say here because it's all recorded, isn't it? So people can go back and actually find out what I did say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. I think I was a bit of both. I I think I've always been looking back over the last sort of four or five seasons where we've basically gone through managers like I've gone through socks. I think I was very conscious of the fact that we needed some stability. But as both Roger and Kieran have actually said, you know, the results at the start of the season weren't very good. And there were times when we were maybe thinking, well, it's just another one that was a bad, bad decision maybe by the, the chairman and the board in terms of managerial appointments. But I mean, he did turn it round. And, and I think for me, it was a case of he's a likable guy. He had quite a big job on his hands, not just in terms of the footballing side of things, but also with the budget and all of that sort of stuff and, and the type of people, the personalities that we'd also had in the dressing rooms when he first came in, I don't think were particularly right for a cohesive unit, which he now has got. Um, so, yeah, at the start, I think it was mixed. I think I was kind of like, well, either way, I wasn't too fussed if he stayed or went. I mean, now I'm, I'm very thankful that he did yeah. stay. And then on, then looking on, then like I said to these two, looking back at the Cheltenham game in that first leg, what were you thinking after that game? Did you think we were going to go and do it? No, gone. I, I, I was, I was literally. So the, I sat down to watch the second leg, and I, I literally just sat into my chair, into my sofa, as if I was about to watch, you know, a Premier League game. I was just like, I mean, we can't, you know, I, I was very much just sort of going, we will. Either massively surprised me, which they did in fairness, but what I was expecting was to see maybe a win, but I wasn't going to really, I didn't feel any excitement. I, I was quite downbeat about it, I think. Yeah, definitely for all Commerce fans, it was definitely going to be an interesting game for that. But then kind of looking back, we look at the season, you've got to look at the highs and the lows and definitely a massive high this season was the FA Cup run for the Cobblers. Fourth round, getting Derby away, 4,000 away fans. What a day it was. Charles, we'll start off with you. The FA Cup run, did you think it helped us in the league to kind of increase our form? No, I didn't actually. Um, I mean, if you look after Derby, 
we were we basically started that loss win loss win loss win bit of form that we even took through right through to the the, the playoff semi finals. It was only the final that actually then we managed to not get the loss in that in that sequence. Um, so I don't know. I think it did in in one way. I've already said I think that we were a cup team, a tournament team this season, and and I, I sort of think that that's what we've done really well. We got a group of players together who were able to go out there and play one-off games that that had a reward at the end of them, more so than just three points. Yeah. Roger, what's your kind of views on the FA Cup run this season? Well, it's uh, it was really good to have a FA Cup run because we haven't had one for a while. We've done reasonably well in the League Cup, but not the FA Cup. But um, it's difficult to disagree with what Charles says. I don't think at the end of it, it helped our league performance. What it did help massively was the finances of the club. Um, You know, I mean, a lot of people, uh, myself included, were going, well, we've got some money to spend now and things like that. But uh, this is, you know, no one's foresaw what were coming. And, uh, you know, that, that money that we made out of the FA Cup has sort of tidied us through this last little while. You know, it's a, been a massive, massive help. Um, I think what Charles said it was, it was, you know, that we have looked in some games, like a, like a, a team, a cup team. I mean, the performance performance at Burton, I thought we were superb. Um, and and the both games against Derby, we, we played really well. Um, you know, compared with some of the league performances, I don't know. Is it that teams higher up let you have a bit more room? I don't know. But uh, yeah, the FA Cup was great. Kieran, then on to your kind of views of it. Like I said, it was these both have really hit the nail on the head there. Do you have kind of the same thoughts as these two? Yeah, the exact same. I think the league form, you could see it took a bit of a dip uh, after we got knocked out. And obviously the finances uh, due to coronavirus, it's helped us get through that. But one thing I would say is I think it sort of brought the club together a bit more than we did. We all sort of joined in and everyone was in high spirit. So it did help in a way. The fans were a bit happier because we had these big games and we were having these big days big days out like uh, Burton and Derby away. So I think it made everyone a bit happier and it just sort of brought the club together a bit, really. I'd say it did as well. Yeah, like you said there, the the away days definitely were a lot happier for the Cobbers fans, um, you know, including that Burton away and even the Derby away. And talk us through that moment, Kieran. Of course, we're all, I think hope, hopefully all of us were there for that Derby game. Um, 4,000 Cobbers fans to, for a League Two football club, taking 4,000 away, what an achievement that is for the football club. Yeah, it was a, it was a special night. Um, you just looked around and you just saw the whole... I've got one video on my phone of uh, everyone singing the fields of green at the end of the game and it's still I look back at it now and it still still amazes me really how sort of a club that sometimes only get about 4000 at home took 4000 away to a championship club and although we lost 4-2 we didn't stop singing throughout it was special it really really wasn't like we said, look at the back at that start of the season, how the signings in the summer brought so much optimism to the club. And Keith Cole didn't finish his business there. And he made four short-term contracts. As well, uh, of course, Paul, Paul Anderson, Mark Marshall, Michael Harriman and Egley Kadger. We'll start off with you, Charles. Short-term contracts, what's your kind of views on them? On the actual giving of short-term contracts themselves? Or do you mean... Yeah, as in like... 
like yeah, Keith Carl handing out short-term contracts, do you feel like they're beneficial for the club? Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I think I think they've worked wonders for two out of the was it four in total? Did you say um, that? Yeah, four. Done? Yeah. So I mean, Paul Anderson and Michael Harriman literally have been two of the well. Michael Harriman at the end of the season in this playoffs, one of the best players. Um, Paul Anderson was a was a real fixture throughout the league season. He didn't play much part in the playoffs, but um, throughout the season, he actually became a player that that Curl seemed to almost just just you knew he was going to play. Um, with 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 Kadjar, I think there was an injury. That's probably part of. Um, why that wasn't successful. You're going to have to remind me who the other one was, Will. Sorry. Um, Mark Marshall. Oh, Mark Marshall, of course. Um, To be fair, yeah, I I suppose, again, Mark Marshall was a bit of an odd one, I thought, at the time. I thought he was definitely coming in, you know, to essentially cover for injuries. Didn't didn't think that we'd ever see him again in the cobbler's shirt. And then, of course, Nicky Adams gets injured in the final, what, after about 20 minutes or so. And uh, the rest is history. He played a blinding game at Wembley. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you might like, hit the nail on the head there, really. Mark Marshall didn't play much this season, you know, of course, of injury and looking at that, but he came on and done fantastically well in the final. On Roger then, what did you kind of think of the players who came in on short-term Well, uh, again, Michael Harriman, I think, is been a really good player. He's been a good player over the years for Wickham and QPR and that, and he's if, if we were playing wing-backs, is, he is the nearest we've got to an, an actual wing-back, in my opinion. Um, I mean, Nicky Adams on the other side, Nick, Nicky's a winger. He's not a wing-back. He's a very good winger, but, you know, it, it's asking a hell of a lot for him to get up and back all the time. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think he's particularly suited to that. But um, Mark Marshall always caused us problems whenever he played against us. So I was quite happy when we signed him. Uh, and he, he proved his worth in the final. Again, Paul Anderson, I mean, I wasn't that impressed with him when he was with us before, but he did come in and he did a really good job. So you've got to say that um, overall, he, Mr. Curl did a good job with those uh, ten, you know, short-term contracts. He did indeed, and like you said there, yeah, Paul Anderson had a had a good, interesting second return to the football club. Probably he got two goals, didn't he? But probably not the one he wanted to. Charles, what's your kind of thoughts on that as well? I, I just kind of think you you've seen sort of Michael Harriman this week come out in the press and say that you know he was thanking Keith Curl for giving him a chance when nobody else would, and I think the same thing happened with with Paul Anderson as well. He'd obviously had a bit of a torrid time at Mansfield, um, and then he's come in and he's been given a new lease of life. And I think in a way, almost, so looking at it on a human level, these two lads have, have basically been given a second chance and, and they essentially said, we're not going to let that go by the wayside. And then they've really put their heart and soul into playing as well as possible um, for the club. And I think that's a real, you know, positive for it. I mean, I, I, it's going to be hard because I think moving forward in football after you know, the coronavirus pandemic, we're probably going to see a lot more of those sort of short-term contracts being utilised because of the fact that there's going to be so many players without a club at the end of this season. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? That a lot of players 
are either going to be without clubs or the clubs just won't be able to fund them. Uh, it's going to be a real shame. Like you, like you said, their short-term contracts will probably see a lot more of them. Kieran, finally then, what's your kind of thoughts on the short-term contracts this season? Yeah, I think we've uh, brought in some really good players uh, using them. Obviously, Egli Kadja didn't really work out, but not every signing you um, make is going to work out in football. That's just reality. Some, some will be a hit. Some will just not do much and move on. And that was the case with Kadja. But uh, Harriman, to be honest, I wasn't too keen on him in his first few games. But then I think it was Mansfield away where I sort of started. Uh, he's, he impressed me there a bit. Then obviously uh, the Derby at home fixture as well, where he filled in for Scott Wharton. I thought he was superb in that game. And obviously the uh, Cheltenham and the Cheltenham away game in the playoffs and also the final. He was he was immense then as well. Um, Paul Anderson, I think, is really fitting into the team and the um, formation. And I think it just works perfectly for him, running on to the second balls from Vidane. And uh, who's the other one? Mark Marshall. Yeah, he definitely, he adds something different when he comes on. He's He's got that pace. He's exciting to watch. I actually, I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I hope we keep him, to be honest. I'd like to see him in League One, just coming off the bench even. Yeah, like you said there, out of the four players who got short-term contracts, three of them were offered deals to the end of the season. So clearly all three of them did do well. Look at the January transfer window. Then, of course, them three did get extended deals to the end of the season. But also... Cobbers fans know him as Ginger Pele. Callum Morton was signed and what an end of the season he had. We'll start off with you, Kieran. Callum Morton, what a player we got of him and, and what a bright future he has ahead of him. Yeah, he was a, he's a very good player. He's very exciting. He's direct. He's quick. He chases every single ball. There's nothing... He's, his hold-up play is surprisingly good for such a young player who, if you look at him, you wouldn't expect him to be that strong, but... From what, from, just from the playoffs, really, his hold-up play really impressed me, bringing others into the game. Um, and if you look at the stats, he scored eight goals, I think, for us. And Sam Hoskins, are he's not too... I think if he, he's not too far off being our top goal scorer, is he, in the league? No, he's not, no. And for him only coming in in January, that's quite an achievement. Yeah. Um, Charles, then. Of course, Keith Cole did say that he's trying to keep hold of Callum Morton to the best of his ability. Do you see Callum Morton being around next season? Yeah, I think he'll come in on another season-long loan with us, to be honest. I think we're in the driving seat. There's going to be a lot of clubs after him, definitely. But just going by what I've I've heard you know, Keith say, Kelvin Thomas say, I, th- I think there's already you know, irons in the in the pipework to to get that sort of sorted and over the line. So I would be really disappointed if we didn't get him. I think it would be reminiscent of the John Marquis uh, and Collins situation after, you know, the League Two title win in 2016, if he doesn't come. So yeah, I, I really do. Fingers crossed. I think I think we will, but there's going to be an awful lot of competition for him as well. There exactly will be. And how important, Roger, will Callum Morton be for us if we can get him for our League One campaign? Well, if we can, yeah, it'd be a great addition. I mean, uh, the lad, you know, as the other two said, is all round play and that is really good. But the one thing he's got is is the he can sniff out a chance. He, you know, the little knockdowns and he's on the end of them. That's what that's something we've we've lacked for a little while. I think. Um, yeah, and we we must have a chance of getting him back, especially if West Brom 
go up, which it looks like they will. I mean, the the prem is well, it's a different ball game, and it? and so they'll I would think they'll be looking to loan him out again. And uh, I think with us going into League One, we, we we should have a chance. And he obviously seems to enjoy it here. So. Um, Let's hope it all comes together. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, he does stay on for us next season to be a vital player for us. Of course, we saw this season as well. Of course, the coronavirus happening and the cancellation, well, the cancellation, the halting of the league. And people, you know, no one, there was so much uncertainty about it. People thinking the league was going to be cancelled. Who knows what was going to happen? We'll start off with you, Kieran. There's so much rumours about the saying the season will take 52 days to finish, and then they were saying it's going to be cancelled. Did you think at, the, at one point that the season was just going to be null and voided? Uh, I did, yeah. Um, it wasn't really what I was hoping. Obviously, no one really wants the season just to be cancelled. But in the, if you look at the bigger picture, there's more important things than football going on. So uh, to me, I was just like, there wasn't, you know, there's more important things than football, and foot, and it didn't, it wasn't one of the top priorities for many people. Obviously, it's nice to sort of have it, and it gives you that that good feeling or that heartbreak, some real emotion, which in lockdown was hard to come by. But uh, yeah, I did think it was going to be cancelled, but gladly we got up by the playoffs. Is that the kind of same or similar thought for you, Roger? Um, I personally didn't think that the season would be null and void. I thought that would have been by far the worst outcome. Um Teams that have finished at the top deserve some reward. Teams that have finished at the bottom deserve what they got. Um, my personal opinion would have been to play it out however long it took, even if we didn't start again till next January or something. But um, we, we can't complain because we didn't do too badly out of it. Um, as for next season... God knows what's going to happen. I don't even know if we're going to... Is it going to happen? Is next season going to happen? I don't know. Yes, a question's really raised on when the season will restart for next season. Of course, we'll have to wait for official confirmation from the EFL. Charles, did you think the EFL done it done it well and was the fairest way to do so the way they did it? <laughs> did the EFL do something right? No, they didn't. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. The EFL couldn't... Oh, I won't swear. They couldn't organise a party in a brewery. Let's say it that way. Um, yeah, no, they they didn't at all. They took far too long. I have sympathies, and and you know this is awful for me to say. I've got sympathies with Dara McAntony um, uh, down at Peterborough, just simply because of the fact that you know, in a way, he was right. The thing that he was so annoyed at, I think, wasn't the fact that you know Posh were. Um, outside of the playoffs or would fall outside of the playoffs down to and due to PPG. I think the majority of the things that was that was so annoying him was the fact that the EFL just wouldn't make a decision. They're supposed to be the, you know, the hierarchy of, of, of our competition. And, and yet what they did was they dillied and they dallied for so long. They essentially tried to go around and say, right, what do you want to do to all remaining 71 member clubs? And pretty much every single club had a different answer. So they they should have known that that was going to happen. They should have known that there were going to be teams that were, you know, in, in League Two, for example, and in the sort of, you know, mid-table obscurity of League One and, and maybe even the Championship, who would have just turned around and just said, no, we're, we're quite happy to, to just stop and, you know, null and void it or whatever. They should have known that that was what was going to happen. Um, 
and and they should have also looked at it and gone the finances are going to play a huge part do we really want to have more berries on our hands um and at the end of the day i think they got it completely and utterly wrong i'm not saying that it would have been an easy decision whichever way they went but the decision should have been made far earlier yeah, it should have been. There was definitely some uncertain fans as well. Like you said, down the Peterborough by heart, you know, of course, we're all Cobbers fans. We don't want to see Peterborough do well. But, you know, like you said, it's really sad for them there. But, of course, we did see the playoffs were played out. Of course, Cobblers did win the League Two playoff final. Um, we'll start off with you, Roger. 4-0 against Exeter. What was your kind of thoughts on the game, apart from pure happiness, I'm assuring? I'm assuring. Yeah, um... I mean, I thought, yeah, we got a we got a chance if we if we play like we did against Cheltenham in the second leg. Um, we've proved all season that we can play, and it's usually when McCormack's playing um, that we start to play. I, I think we get. I mean, people label us as a long ball team. Um, yeah, we we do play long ball sometimes, but I think that's the the clue: is don't do it every time. If you vary it, which we did in the final, I mean, you couldn't knock us. We were we were absolutely superb. I mean, four nil really flattered Exeter. It could have been six or seven. It, it was as one sided as their last visit to Wembley. Unfortunately, that went the other way. But um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Charles, did you think Exeter sixth in, in in the playoffs? Did you think such a big goal deficit was going to occur? No, not at all. Um, I, I went into that final thinking I was I was feeling quite positive because of the fact that we turned around the the second leg uh, against Cheltenham, but I, I didn't think we'd win like that. I mean, it wasn't. It's not just the amount of goals that we scored. It it was the performance, as Roger said. I mean, you know, we we showed the world essentially how to play attacking direct football in a really positive way. I mean, we're all Cobblers fans. And, and, you know, we, we've all sat through it when it's been awful this season, playing exactly the same way. Um, and we've seen it work at places like Burton. We've seen it work now in the playoffs twice. Um, you know, a lot of people on social media that aren't Cobblers fans have actually been querying why we're moaning. Because they've looked at it and gone, well, that's more exciting than any of the Premier League games that have been on TV over the last couple of weeks have been. Um, and just look at it. And I do think that going back even to the first leg against Cheltenham, as Roger said, we weren't that bad. I think it was more a case of you were so gutted as a fan to have lost the first leg 2-0. And you were basically going, well, that's that. What a waste of time this was. They should have null and voided the season. They should have let Port Vale go up instead of us. Blah, blah, blah. All this and the other. You just felt really rotten. Um, therefore, you, you kind of blinded yourself to actually, we had loads of chances and their goalkeeper played a blinder and we then reverted to, towards the end of the match, literally just get it in the box, proper Ian Atkins style. Um, and, it, and it didn't ever fall for us. So, yeah, it... I didn't think it was going to be 4-0. I thought we were going to be sort of maybe, you know, a goal would win it um, and that would be it. But I mean, I was ecstatic. We were just brilliant. I've never seen us play like that. And to do it in Wem- at Wembley in a final has just made it all the better. Yeah, it was definitely one of the highlights of this season. Kieran, of course, Exeter have some very, had some very good danger men, the likes of Ryan Bowman, Randall Williams, who's been linked highly to championship clubs. Keith Cole really nullified the Exeter strengths, didn't he? 
Yeah, I thought uh, Michael Harriman was on Randall Williams, wasn't he? He was the one I was most worried about. Um, and he, I don't even remember him playing, to be honest. Harriman did that good a job on him. I, I can't remember him getting the ball once. The same with Nicky Law. I was quite worried that he'd boss the game. I don't remember him playing. I, the Exeter players, none of them stood out for me. That's how well we played. I can't think of a single player and was like, and remembered him doing anything. It's quite amazing. By them, Charles. What would you were you kind of agreeing with over Kieran? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, Randall Williams was the only player on on their side that that actually looked like he wanted to um, play football that that day. Um, I, I think he was the only player that that tried to attack us, but he couldn't, and he wasn't ever going to be able to do it all on his own. Um, and and Kieran's right. There, there's quite a few danger men in Exeter's side, really. Um, the one player that they didn't that he didn't mention was uh, Dean Moxie, um, who became a danger to himself and to Exeter rather than to our back line um, <laughs> by getting sent off. But I mean, I, I I didn't think that we would be as good uh, as we were. I I was a bit worried about Randall Williams because he is a quality player, and and to be honest with you. I'd actually, re- I don't, don't don't get me wrong. I was completely as soon as I saw a tweet, I think on Tuesday morning, that that said someone was eyeing up a, a one and a half million pound transfer fee for him. Uh, I, I obviously proved myself completely wrong, but I was like, I'd quite like to see him a cobbler shirt in League One next season. I doubt it's going to happen now, though. No, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think Randall Williams, like you said, he's been in a lot of championship clubs in League One, yeah. At the end of the day, he didn't have a good day at Wembley, but what a player he has been this season. Now, before we finish off, we're just going to have a couple of opinions of you guys, best player of the season, player you surprised you most and best moment of this season. We'll start off with you, Kieran. Uh, best player this season? Uh, I think there's only one player. It can be Charlie Good, the captain. Uh, if you look, he scored some good goals this season at Burton. Well, that's one that sticks out. He's uh, led us all year really well. He's been amazing in defence. And uh, you got Kevin Van Veen sent off. So it's been a good season for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, when I spoke to him today, um, he also said, he said to me, like, oh, you know, we've got so many promotions lined up for you guys. You know, it was a shame you couldn't be there. And, and as well, you know, what a family guy is really, family feel the club had and what a guy he was as well. Such a such a nice guy, really. And like I said, next question then, Kieran. One player that surprised you this season? Um, I'd go with Dane Oliver. When I when we signed him and I looked at his, I went on Wikipedia and looked at his goal record and the clubs he's been at, I was a bit underwhelmed, to be honest. Um, he was the only signing that I thought, this is not going to turn out well. And if you look at it, he's been one of our most influential players this year. Even though he hasn't got loads and loads of goals, he's more, he's a he's he's that type of striker that doesn't need goals to have an effect on the team. He's uh, creating for others a lot. He pushes up, pushes up us up the pitch. He's just had a really good year. And finally then, Kieran, best moment or best game of the season? What's your best highlight of the season? There's quite a lot. There's Salford away, Burton, but yeah, I'll probably go. I think I'll go for Burton to be honest. Uh, but we took a lot of fans there. Great game. We played amazing. Um, the atmosphere was really good. I just don't think you can top that really. Roger, on to you then. Um, what was your best player this season? Um, 
again, it's difficult to argue what Karen just said. Charlie Good, um, is it good or is it good? I, I thought they were good, but um, it's, very, it's very good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it, it's been consistent. Uh, Nicky Adams obviously is um, still got some great crosses in, and you know he's got a lot of assists. Um, Alan McCormack also, when he played, and this is the big thing, um, what do you play a dozen games or something? And when he played, we looked a much better team. So, uh, yeah, that, and I think there's other players. Scott Wharton was pretty consistent all season. Um, you know, we, we, yeah, I think I'll stick with that. Yeah. What player then was, would you say, surprised you most this season? Again, uh, Vidane Oliver is uh, difficult to argue with because, I mean, it had been around a long while. Um, I've seen him play for quite a few clubs. Never particularly impressed me. You know, typical League 2 centre-forward. Yeah. Big guy, hard to handle. Um, but some games he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, others he hasn't been so good, but that's probably why he's in League 2. <laughs> yeah. And... Um... Like I said, for Kieran, for final question, your best moment or best highlight of the season? Well, that'd be last Monday. But um, um, again, yeah, Burton away, we were terrific against a team in a higher division. Salford, we were really good. Um, Derby at home, I thought we were really good in that day. Um, Crew at home, Plymouth at home, all good performances. Um, but I suppose, well, you can't argue with the one on last Monday. That was definitely the highlight of the season. Really. Yeah, it's got to be. There's so many highlights, really. And on to you now, Charles. Uh, kind of the same questions. The first question, best player? Well, it is Charlie Good, isn't it? Let, let's be honest. We, we can't really go anywhere else. I mean, I would be an absolute fool to turn around now and argue against what Kieran and Roger have said. Um Although, although, you know, what Roger did say, you know, there are a lot of other players that, that are definitely in with a shout. I'd like to mention Sam Hoskins, um, not as being better than Charlie Good, but he has had a much improved season, um, top goal scorer. Um, I don't care that most of them were penalties, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, five years at the club as well, and, and he has been picked by basically every manager since Chris Wilder has left. And, you know, I, I think he is definitely, you know, should be talked about in a much more positive light than he has been. Um, but yeah, Charlie Good's definitely player of the season, no doubt about it. One player then who surprised you this season? Again, it, it is Vidane. Regardless of, of what, you know, you, you think before, he's turned it around so much. You know, I was exactly the same as both Roger and Kieran. Um, we signed him and he, it was a real like, oh, okay, kind of signing. It, it wasn't like jump out of my seat, jump for joy kind of uh, transfer. And, you know, he, he has been just a bit of a, a, well, a League Two and a conference sort of, you know, wandering striker, journeyman kind of player. But, I mean, Keith Curl's just got so much out of him this season. It's been absolutely brilliant to see just how good he can be. And I think, I think actually, during the commentary, the Sky commentary, they were talking, Lee Hendry and, uh, and, and the commentator were talking about how, you know, he's not going to go and get you 
20 goals a season. He's not that type of striker, but the way that you utilise him is is the way that we have. You know, basically, his job is to win headers and to control the ball and keep it up at the top end of the pitch. And he does it better than anybody else in our side and maybe better than anybody else in this division. Um, and the thing is, is that you've just got to play to those strengths. And then us as fans have got to actually look at it and go, that is his job and he does it very well and not go, but he doesn't score enough. Yeah, you've got, you've got to say that he's done more off the ball, really, than on the ball. And what a player he's been. Definitely, yeah, all three of you said it he surprised you and he definitely surprised me as well. And finally, then, I'm sure it's going to be the same similar answer <laughs> to Kieran and Roger, but uh, your best moment or highlight of the season? So there are a few, definitely. So Kieran said um, Kevin Van Veen sending off. That was hilarious. Brilliant moment. Um, also up there with that, there's got to be Alex Adai sending off for Cheltenham at the home game where Charlie Adam again gave him a bit of a pat on the head and he didn't like it and got sent off for shoving Charlie, um, who went down ridiculously easy like he'd been shot. Um, <laughs> so that was another a fun, um, I think that was Boxing Day as well, wasn't it? Or New Year's Day. It was definitely around Christmas time. Yeah, um, it was yeah, about the 29th, I think. Yeah, and and I was just like, that that's funny. That that's really for for what was a game that was a bit rubbish, that's what I remember it for. Um yeah, that there's been like you know, the Derby game. I wasn't at Burton, so uh, and it's probably one of my regrets that I didn't, you know, get there. Um, but sometimes other things have to come first. Um but yeah, the Derby games, both of those were absolutely brilliant. I thought the home leg we we could have won it, maybe should have won it, um, and the atmosphere was was brilliant. But you can't really beat seeing Keith Curl get drenched by champagne or drenched in champagne by Nicky Adams, and going from <laughs> yeah. being media professional talking to the camera to suddenly getting drenched, to starting laughing and, and you know, his his veil kind of slipping for five seconds for him to turn around and go, I don't drink. And then to suddenly just go straight back to, yeah, so we've been on a journey and we've ridden the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that, that for me was the moment. We we just, we you know, trophy in hand and his, his, his media savvy, I'm a football manager and this is all you're going to get out of me. It, yeah, that was brilliant. Kieran, what's your, you kind of agree there with Charles? Yeah, just one one moment we haven't picked up on. Um, I'm not sure if any of you were there, but uh, the other night when the players came back at Sixfields, I was down there and that was, that was something special to see. There was a real togetherness from the whole club. Everyone was into, the players were interacting with each other. It was really, really good to see. Uh, I think some people saw the videos on social media. Everyone was just having a great, great time. Stewards, fans, players, staff, everyone was just enjoying themselves. That was definitely, that's got to be one of the best moments of my life, supporting the Cobblers. To be fair, Kieran, they were all drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true. But it was, uh, even if they were, it was still quite fun. It was a good night, but... Special to see that. 
And then before we finish, then final question for you. Of course, we are recording this Thursday afternoon. So the retain list isn't out. It's expected to be out in, in the coming day. So probably by the time this is out, that all the retain list will be out. Looking on to next season, of course, it's really hard to call for transfers and, and who's staying and who's not what. But we'll start off with you, Roger. What's your kind of personal aims for next season? Um, personal aim is to be able to go and watch a game, which I'm not that optimistic about. Um I think one thing that will come out of this is I think wages in the lower leagues are going to have to be um, a lot more sensible. I can't see... I think the days are gone where we're going to be paying players three grand a week in League Two. Um, it's going to be very difficult because, I mean, although we've got, eight, I think, 18 players out of contract, it, even if, if we haven't got a, re, a start date... Uh, are any of them going to be retained? I mean, it's difficult for. I mean, there were about what, four or five of the players who played Monday night, but if you don't know when you're going to start, are you going to be able to pay those players um, to keep them on the books? Maybe pay them a retainer and then a proper contract when we start again. But uh, until we get a, a start date, and it's got to be a start date with either spectators in the ground or um, maybe using iFollow or something like that. But, um, I mean, they're on a, in some places, they're on about uh, a third capacity. Well, that's not viable at Sixfields, is it? That puts us down to less than 3,000, 2,500. That's not viable, surely. Yeah, it isn't. And, you know, it's really hard, isn't it, as well, to say, OK, the third of the fans can go in, but then it's like, well, who are those third fans are going to be, isn't it, you know? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I mean, uh, we've probably got as many season ticket holders virtually as would, would be a third of the capacity. So uh, do you just say, oh, well, those only, you know? going to upset a lot of people. Yeah, it definitely is. And we'll have, of course, we'll have to wait until the confirmation of when next season will be. But like, you hit, hit the nail on the head there, really. It's definitely going to be some uncertain times for Kelvin Thomas. On to you then, Kieran. Of course, like I said, it's really hard to look at next season. But what's your kind of aims for next season? Um, yeah, I'm also just wanting to get back to going to watch for football, I think. Especially in League One. That's the thing I was most excited about, going on those trips out to Sunderland. Peterborough, uh, there's, there's big clubs in there, potentially even a Huddersfield, a Hull, a Stoke. So uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully, fingers crossed, getting back in the stadium, but we'll see what happens. And also on the pitch, I'm hoping just stay up. That's all I want. Uh, consolidate ourselves in League One for a few years, hopefully. And on to you then, Charles, is it kind of similar to Roger and Kieran? Well, yeah, of course it is. It's definitely about that. But I mean, talking about the actual season, my my, my hope is, first of all, we learn the lessons of, of 2016 and, and what basically went wrong at the end of that with, with letting so many players leave. You know, the, the politics of that are, you know, out there for someone. If you want to go and find out exactly what happened, you can do. Um, but I mean, I, I just think that we've got to make sure that we we do retain the spine at least and and you know the structure of this team that Keith has built um and that starts with with giving Keith Curl a new contract because right now he's not got one so we've got to no matter I, I think no matter what you think of his style of play and what he's done you know early doors in this year in this season and, and when he first took over 
he deserves to actually have a crack and to and to take this team into the next season whenever that is that that we go and start um Again, I think, like Kieran said, we've got to look to consolidate. One of the things that I think Kelvin Thomas has said in the past is that the club should have made a lot more of the Cobblers staying in League One in that first season, so 2016-17. It was almost seen as a disappointment that we finished only just above the relegation zone when perhaps the club should have actually been going, that's actually a good season. We didn't get relegated after everything that changed at the club. So this time around, I think we'll, as fans, also be a little less expectant in terms of what we can go and do. Don't get me wrong, I'd absolutely love us to try and do a back-to-back. Um, it's been done before. I mean, you know, Ian Atkins, Cobblers nearly did it, you know, 20 years ago. So, I mean, it is possible that that could happen, but there are a lot of big clubs in League One next season. So it's going to be tough. And I think we have to just set our expectations to be, let's stay up and then let's build and let's go again for the following season and to just be a League One club for the next, at least two years, if not three. I'd love it to stop this yo-yo. This yo-yo needs to be smashed and gotten rid of. Yeah, exactly that. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Rogers, have you got kind of a green there with Charles? Yeah, I mean, regarding Keith Curl, um, after the first leg of the playoffs uh, against Cheltenham, I think the you know, majority were said, oh, well, he's out of contract. Um, but after the last two games, you've got to give him a crack. Um, and personally, I, I would, I, I can't understand why anyone puts a manager on a three-year contract in League Two, when the lower leagues at all, because contracts are not worth the paper they're written on. All it means is you've got to pay them up a lot if they if they don't do it. Put everyone on a one-year rolling contract, uh, and then if they get snapped up, they get snapped up. But, you know, we, as we found with uh, Calderwood and Wilder, if a club wants your manager, they'll take them. And... Um, I think I mean I think we it cost us a lot of money to get rid of Jimmy Floyd and and people like that probably not so much with Dean Austin but um yeah I I I definitely give him a one year rolling contract and see what he can do. Yeah, I agree with what Roger's saying. I mean just though to to put the other side of it on there is that you know this is managers and players if you don't have those big contracts and and they are that good then, then the club also miss out in that way. It's it's one of those 50-50, you can't win scenarios. But I do agree. And I think, personally speaking now, I, I think a lot of League Two clubs with managers or, or you know, with, with, with clubs that don't have managers or they're out of contracts and they're looking for a renewal, they'd be idiotic, in my personal opinion, opinion not to just go with the one-year rolling deals where, you know, it... it the managers still will have that security that they will always have a year left on their contract, no matter what day of the week it is, what date of the month it is. But at the same time, it's not going to cost the earth to get rid of them if they need to be sacked for whatever reason. Um, and the same goes with the players. I mean, you, last summer, we signed Charlie Good on a three-year deal. I think a couple of other, Nicky Adams had a two-year deal. Um, you know, there were players that were given quite big contracts in terms of their length. And I mean, okay, you can turn around now and say, well, that's a good thing for Charlie and for us. 
in relation to Charlie Good because right now he's definitely going to have his suitors. Um, but at the same time, it's a risk, isn't it? And you you've got to sort of be able to mitigate that risk and and weigh it up against what is essentially the livelihood of everybody else that is connected with the football club. And I don't mean just people that are, you know, being paid by the club as a business, but I mean us as fans and the community of Northampton. At the end of the day, that football club belongs to that community. It doesn't belong to the person that's actually, you know, pulling the purse strings at the top. They are, um, what's the word that's been used before? They're, They're like the caretakers. They're only there for a certain period of time. The rest of us, the fans and the community, will be there forevermore. And that's what's important and has to be protected. Exactly is. And, and Charles, Kieran and Roger, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Very insightful to listen from a fan's perspective. So like I said, thank you very much, guys, for coming on to the podcast. So thank you to Charles, Kieran and Roger for featuring onto the podcast. A bit of a different one for you guys. Uh, but next week, we will t- return to normality. We'll be interviewing ex-Cobblers goalkeeper James Goff. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you've listened on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating. It will be much appreciated. To listen to other podcasts, don't go to anchor.fm forward slash William Ulrich. Thanks again to Kieran, Charles and Roger, and I'll see you again soon.